Oh, hey, what up? Welcome back to the Thrive University podcast, where we are on a mission to educate and empower you with the tools necessary to live a happy and healthy life. And I am so excited for today's show with Dr. Brady Salcedo. And I first came across Dr. Salcedo's work on TikTok, and he was dropping so many knowledge bombs about mindset, mental health, and neuroscience, and I was so excited for this conversation, and he did not disappoint. Dr. Salcedo also opens up in this episode about his addiction to porn in his earlier years and really goes over his journey to self-discovery and stepping into his power. And of course, we provide you with a lot of tips and resources to do the same and to live and thrive and make this human experience a special one. So without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Peace. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Energy Exchange Podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am super duper stoked for today's show with the man, Dr. Brady Salcedo. And Dr. Brady is a successful entrepreneur and coach with a multiple six-figure chiropractic clinic in Southern California. And Dr. Brady has also trained over 6,000 students through his courses on health and personal development. And Doc, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. What's, what's going on, man? Dude, you make me sound so good with that intro, man. Yo, dude, you sent that over. I'm just reading what you said. <laughs> but, but, but check it out. You know, I think, I think a lot of people see or hear on social media or a podcast, whatever the platform is, they hear, you know, these accomplishments and they're like, oh man, like this dude was just born successful. And I know you've had your fair, fair share of struggles. So, so give us just, you know, a little bit background of how you became so passionate about this personal development path and, and some of those struggles as comfortable as you're sharing some of them. Oh, for sure, man. For sure. So it's like, I love that you say that too, because there is so much of that out there, right? Like you see ads all the time, like, Hey, let me show you how I went from this to this in like two days and made like millions of dollars and all this kind of stuff. Right? Like it's all out there. Like there's a hack for everything. It's all, it happens fast, but like really for the most of us and like most people who are probably listening to this podcast, like it's rarely that way, right? Like many of us who are looking for information are rarely in that position of like, we're crushing it. Like we're at the tip top. Like we have no struggles, never had a struggle. Like we all kind of go through it. But for me in particular, like it started from like when I was really, really young, like when I grew up, there was kind of this, this idea around my family where a lot of the men in my family had had like tons of struggles. So we dealt with a ton of like infidelity in the family. There was tons of like, you know, issues there, um, divorces, there was addiction, there was all sorts of stuff. So like when I was growing up, there was this talk that like my parents had with me, there was like, Hey, Hey Brady, there's this family curse. And the family curse is like all the men in our family are like, you know, they're, they're unfaithful, they're cheaters, you know, they are, you know, they get stuck into pornography and stuff like that. So that ended up happening to me. I ended up getting addicted to pornography from the time I was 10 years old. I was exposed to pornography the first time and I was addicted until that time I was like 21. And what that did for my mind is as I was growing up, I just had this spiral constantly going on in my mind of like feeling shame, unworthiness. And it really affected so many more aspects of my life that I didn't even realize until I got older. Right. So it even affected my health to where I was constantly overweight. I was like 50 pounds heavier than I am right now. I had tons of health issues. I had low, low self-esteem, low confidence. And I just thought that's just the way it was. Like I just thought everybody dealt with that. Right. And it wasn't until I got to like college and started like meeting more people. And I was like, wow, like, why, do, why does God give you the ability to be confident? And like, I'm sitting over here like struggling all the time. Like what's going on? And it wasn't until like, I was about 21, 22. I started kind of stumbling into like, as we were talking before the show, like stumbling into Tony Robbins and some of like the personal development stuff, which for a long time I thought was like kind of hokey. And I started to realize like, wait, wait a second. Like there's actually some like science to this. Like there's actually something going on here that not only like is happening from something, like there's a cause and effect, but two, there's a way to like 
access this. There's a way to actually go in and reprogram your brain. And so that just took me down the rabbit hole of learning, okay, how powerful is our mind and what can we do to actually change it? And like, really like practically, right? It's like, cause you go on Instagram and you start searching like for self-improvement or self-help and you're going to get tons of quotes, right? You're going to get like that whole quote right. scene where it's like, Hey, this quote really inspired me. And like, that's cool. But I'm the guy like, I'm a chiropractor. I'm a doctor. Like, I want tactics. Like, give me step one, two, three, let me follow. Like, let me go. And so that really just became the inception of like learning, okay, like what tangibly and practically can I do to start changing my life, like from the ground up? And that's really just become the foundational component of what I do now. And so it's so cool. Now it's like for years, and you can scroll through my Instagram feed of like all the different stuff I've tried to do and all this different stuff I've done in the past. But it's like within the past like month and a half, I've gotten so many messages from people like DMs all the time, like, hey, bro, like this really resonated with me, or hey man, this really stuck with me. And like I just had somebody yesterday who was like, Hey man, like how are you, how are you doing what you're doing now? Like, how'd you get to where you are? Like, like how long is this gonna take? And I was like, bro. Like you can, you can go through my entire feed and see like, I was right where you are. And that's the cool thing about Instagram being around for so long is like, I'm not hiding anything. Like I didn't delete a bunch of posts. Like you can see all the stuff that I've done and been through and know like, Hey, you can just see my journey. And that's, what's like brought me to where I am now. And so it's just so cool to see the effect of it now and how it's changing people's lives. It's super rad. Hell yeah, brother. It's just the beginning too. So let's go back to this addiction to porn. Yeah. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing that and being, and being so willing to open up about that. Um, because I definitely don't think you're alone. I know you're not alone. No way. No way. And, and can, can, can you talk a little bit about what constant chasing of instant gratification and porn is a great way for that. Right. Because it's like, Hey, this is going to feel so good for eight minutes. And then you look back after and you're like, fuck, my energy's lower. I just feel that level of shame. And it's not, not to say that like, yo, never watch porn or never, never masturbate. Like, no, but there's always conscious ways to go about doing these things. So my long winded version of asking this question is like, what is actually happening to the brain when you are constantly watching porn, especially from such a young age. Yeah. I mean, really the big thing that I try to teach people now, like whenever I talk to somebody about this, cause anytime somebody usually asks that question, they're always asking like, how do, how do I break out of that? Cause it is a really steep cycle to get into when you get into that instant gratification mode. And the problem really is when you're stuck in the cycle, when your brain gets stuck in that instant gratification, it keeps you stuck in like this right now, like everything that your brain is now going to do is going to be focused so much on just like right now. And everybody talks about like, Oh, you want to be present. This is a whole different thing. This is like, what's going to serve me right now. And the problem is if you're someone who has a growth mindset, you're someone that wants to be successful. There are a lot of things that are not instant gratification. And there's a lot of adverse effects that happen when you're so focused on that. It prevents you from really having deep, meaningful connection to people. It prevents you from having a deep, meaningful connection to yourself. And then also third, it just prevents you from having a clear vision of what you want for the future because your brain's now going to be stuck in like, well, I can't think about the future because I just want what's going to be happening later tonight. And so it just keeps you stuck where you are. And so when I try to teach people ways to like reverse the cycle of that, you really have to start understanding that your whole purpose in life is so much bigger than just this instant gratification moment. And if you can start really starting to turn the wheels around and start creating a bigger purpose and mission for your life, your mission, your purpose has to far outweigh that momentary pleasure. And when you can start doing that and start realizing that that momentary pleasure that you're trying to get is actually preventing you from getting the ultimate thing that you want, that ultimate relationship, that ultimate mission or business that you want, the ultimate lifestyle that you want, the ultimate connection to people that you want, you mm. start realizing like, wow, this really is not serving me at all the way it's supposed to. And so, I mean, that's, that's kind of a, you know, a long-winded answer to kind of what, what I would say to that. Yeah, no, I fucking love that, bro. And obviously, uh, you, like most 10 year olds, you're not equipped with that level of awareness yeah. at that age. So specifically when it comes to porn, how did that impact your intimacy, your relationships with women, your confidence? What other adverse effects did you notice 
from specifically that tendency and that habit? Yeah, dude, the big one for me is I used women as a crutch. It just became something where it's like, if I wasn't going to get it through pornography, then I had to use women as a crutch. And if I wasn't in a relationship with somebody, I felt like I wasn't getting what I needed, right? And I wasn't getting that connection to somebody that I needed. And if I wasn't in a relationship now, I was not worthy, right? Because nobody desired me. So now I'm not the guy in, you know, the videos that I'm watching, nobody wants me. So what's my worth like? And so really, I mean, it just, it really became something where I was so physical in every relationship and there was no emotional there. So every relationship always ended that way where it was just like, you're you, Brady, you're not connecting with me. Like, I don't, I feel like I still don't even really know who you are. Like you're angry, but you're not talking about it because everything to me was just so much like in my mind and in my body. Right. Mm-hmm. So it just became something where my relationships always struggled. And it took, it took that time when I was about like 20, 21 or so I've been with somebody for about two years and all of a sudden it was like a light bulb went off and you see the patterns that you built in every relationship for years and years and years. And you go, this is a huge problem. And I'm just repeating it now. And now this relationship's getting really serious and it's not going to, it's not going to go well. So it's like, I got to end this now or something really bad's going to happen to me and then to somebody else who I really care about. And so it really wasn't until that time where I finally was like, I need to make the hard decision to like take a step back. And then from there, it honestly, I didn't even date anybody for four to five years after. Like I just had so much work to do to reframe that whole process before I could even get into that next step. But the cool thing is once I finally went back into the dating scene, that's when I met my wife. So it was always perfect timing, right? That's amazing. Yeah. And you kept, I think it's so important to recognize that too. Like we're going to continue perpetuating the same results unless we take a moment to really step back. And it sounds like you took a few moments, you know, four to five years to really just tap into your subconscious and, and really take inventory of how you were showing up in the world. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, if you would, if you were to look, I was so if like, you're to look at that 14 year old Brady, you know, when he's trying to figure life out, trying to figure out his place in the world, the problem that I had was I was so stuck in my own head that you get these issues of you have low confidence because you're, because you're ashamed of, of this issue, right? Like, you know, you're addicted to it. You know, this is a problem. So you have shame on the inside and you have guilt that you, that you have because you don't want people to know that, that it's an issue for you. Right. And two, you just have this lack of connection to people. You just, you know, there's something going on in the back and you just can't connect to people the same way. Cause you're so much in your own head, right? It doesn't become connection. It becomes almost like, I just, I just got to follow the steps just to make sure everything's at bay and, you know, connect to people this way. And it's like, you're trying, you always have this veil around you all the time. And that was the problem I had. And so I started having issues with my own identity because instead of actually being who you are, because you don't want to let it out, right. Instead of being who you are, you start to put on this persona all the time. So then you start worrying about what other people are thinking about you. And you're just always cerebral in the way you're thinking to where it just affects everything else. And so that time that I had where I took those furries off, was really, like you were saying, intense diving into who the heck am I? I've gone, you know, 20 years in this life without really understanding who the heck I am and I need to figure this out. And so that's what started that whole process. Yeah. Well, I feel like you actually had that realization earlier than most people, especially most men, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. So, so... I, I love that you continue uh, this journey and you're, and, you're, and you're empowering others to do the same. Let me ask you before, last question in regards to jacking off, I promise. <laughs> uh, but I am actually really interested about this, bro. Like, what's a huge, it's a huge thing, right? Like it's huge, but like nobody wants to talk about it because it's like that taboo thing. And like some people have different views of it, but it's like for a lot of people out there, there's a lot of help that's needed. And that's why I want to be like authentic with it and just share it. Cause like nobody else is going to. So it's like, I don't care if like, that's who, who I have to be. It's like, because there are those people where you hear them say their story about this and you go like, Oh my God, finally, somebody else has said something about it. It's like, let's do that now. Yeah. I love that dude. And, but, but what is there like a technical quantity or a frequency of jacking off that makes you an addict or is it more, is it, like, for instance, like at your peak, was it multiple times a day? Was it, 
you know, what, just so I kind of have an understanding. Yeah. I, th- I would say to touch on what you're saying, I would say it's less about the frequency. I think the frequency will highlight that for you. Cause when you're doing multiple times a day, like I think you have, you have an issue for sure. Yeah. But the other thing that I would really, if you're someone who's listening to this right now and you're trying to figure out like, where am I on this scale is I would almost think of more like, what are you trying to serve by doing that? Mm. Like what, what part of you is really urging to do that? And if you take a step back when you're in that moment of where that urge is starting to come, what part of you is trying to serve yourself? Like, what were you feeling right before that happened? Were you stressed? Were you anxious? Were you, you know, thinking about somebody like, are you, are you lonely? Whatever that is. And if you can start to figure out like, okay, really what I'm really doing here is I'm self-medicating. And then that becomes, that becomes the gateway to understanding like, okay, this is a much deeper issue than just masturbation in general. Cause I mean, there's tons of ways you can go with that, right? Whether it's the scientific route, like what does that do for your body? Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. This just becomes like, are you trying to self-medicate by using this as a crutch? And if that's the case, that's when it's an issue that you really have to start digging into. Yeah. So, so, so what I'm hearing you say is basically understanding what emotion that it's tied to. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that makes so much sense because most people who have eating disorders, right, whether it's binging or maybe they're heavily overweight, it's always about figuring out that emotion. Like what's your emotional connection to that specific food or what's your relationship with like food in general? If you're feeling guilt and shame, is that when you go ham and you start binging or is that when you start throwing it all up? And, and I think that's such a valuable point, not just for, for, for masturbating, but for all areas. Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally agree. So, so talk to me a little bit about how you were able to develop your emotional intelligence and cultivate that relationship of your dreams. And then also just use all of these tools in your practice because dude, you're a fucking doctor. Like that's pretty dope. (laughs) It is sweet, man. It's sweet. I mean, and that's a whole nother story in itself is, you know, we almost lost our business, you know, when I was first starting, you know, it was like, I was a struggling entrepreneur. We almost been bankrupt when I was first trying to scale the business, you know, but to go back to your original question, um, really like the real thing that I started to really focus on is first step. I always think is 90% of the game is awareness. That's 90% of the game is being aware of what you're actually thinking, which is why meditation is so powerful. It's why journaling is so powerful. There was so much that I learned when I meditated and became aware of my thoughts and journaled them down, there were so many words that I used. I was like, Whoa, where does that, where did that come from? And there were so many memories that would pop up and I'd be like, Whoa, like that was, that was powerful. Like I didn't realize how much that affected the way that I act or the way I believed. And then even once I would get through certain like roadblocks and obstacles in my life, whether it was starting my business or whether, you know, once we started getting financially successful, it was like, Whoa, like, where's this belief about what money is? Like, where's that coming from? You know, and that's always the first step is just becoming aware of those thoughts, like being okay with saying like, Hey, okay, these thoughts are coming in. What does that mean? And what do I really want to believe? So I always give people the reference of like, okay, here's what's really there. You got to get it to neutral and then put the car in drive. So right now, if this is what you're believing, you're in reverse. That's not where you want to be. You're going the opposite way of where you want to go. In order to get to drive, you got to go through neutral first. So neutral is becoming more aware of it, understanding what it is, and figuring out the tools that you need to get into drive. And then from drive, drive's really all this stuff. And I mean, that's mind, body, spirit, right? Mind, body, spirit, that's coming to your health. Your physiology affects your psychology. So being a doctor, like there's so much of what I do that is the physical, but we see so many mental changes in people in terms of their energy, their happiness, less anxiety, better sleep, all this stuff comes into play. It's never just as simple as like, okay, just think smarter, be more positive. It's never that simple. It's never that simple. It all comes down to the mind, body, spirit. So once you get to that awareness phase, then it becomes, what are the first pieces you want to layer in and take that step by step? So for me, in that sense, it was more my health first. I had a lot of health issues. So I took the first step of just, I need to start losing weight and like start feeling better about myself. Cause for me, it was more aesthetics, right? And for a lot of people, that's what it was. It's like, I go to the gym. I want to get, I want to get some freaking jacked biceps. Right. It's like, that wasn't working. And so I started to finally just look into what were some of the best exercises for your brain? What actually changes your brain? What kind of workouts actually create positive impact on your brain? And I started just using those tools. And once I started doing that, the byproduct was I was happier and I actually was losing weight and I was eating cleaner because I started to realize food is fuel. And now that food was actually making me feel better. 
And so I took that one step, compounded into the next one. And then once I started getting that dialed in, then that became in what other mental habits can I layer on top of that? And so I always try to give people that scenario because they'll go on to like a YouTube and somebody's going to give them, you know, 20 different things they can do. And you're like, okay, well now I got to wake up early. I got to cut out all sugar. I got to drink a gallon of water a day. I got to exercise, you know, seven times a week. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, it's like, just take That's one just step at a time. Sustainable. Yeah. It's the same as you talk about in your videos too. I've seen your stuff and it's like just one step at a time, but it compounds. It's a compounding effect, not necessarily like putting pieces to a puzzle. Yeah. And, and that's what's so beautiful is when you start stacking these small wins, you start to get little hits of dopamine and yeah. you're not getting those hits of dopamine from other things like, you know, notifications on your phone or, you know, texting that person that you probably shouldn't. And I think that's so powerful. When you start to stack these wins, you create momentum. That momentum manifests in, in, in motivation, intrinsic motivation, and also cultivates confidence, which, exactly. which, is, which is important for this human experience. So you mentioned exercises for, for mental cognition improvements. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so give the listeners an example, like what are some things that they can do in the gym or outside or in their office, perhaps like that are going to actually create gains in their brain as well. Mental gains, mental gains, bro. Mental six pack. That's what it's all about. Mental six pack. (laughs) All the aesthetics. You know what I mean? Dude, I mean, that's, it's so true. It's like, you get to a certain point where you just go like, man, it's, it's so much better to feel better than to look better. (laughs) Like Mm. if you look good, but man, you're just struggling on the inside. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Um, but for me and what I, what I found through my research, one of the best things you can do to start off for anybody who's looking to create changes in your mentality, one of the first things you need to do and research supports this so much is just cardio, just general cardio. Like cardio is one of the best things for your brain. So when you look at what cardio exercise does, and we're talking hiking, running, swimming, you know, low impact stuff that keeps your heart rate low to moderate. Like those are the kind of things 20 minutes and above. So just to give people a a range on that. And with this, what you're doing is as you get past that 20 minutes and beyond, your brain starts stimulating or producing something called BDNF. BDNF is brain derived neutrophic factor. And BDNF is so important to access this thing called neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity is your brain's ability to change and it's a rate. So it can either be high or low. When neuroplasticity is low, your brain's going to be like resistant to change. It's going to be like anything you try to do, your brain's going to be like, Mm-mm, nope, we're not doing it. Arms crossed, not having it. But you get right. neuroplasticity high. It's like, dude, we're on board. Let's do this. What are we trying to do? Oh, we're trying to get more positive. Let's do it. We're on it. BDNF is so, so important for that. And so when you do cardio, you're going to increase your BDNF. It's going to increase your neuroplasticity. So that's so, so important for that. Plus cardiovascular exercise, you're going to get tons of detoxification and just, it's going to set the base for the next layers up, which would be high intensity exercise, which manifests your physical fitness, adaptability and flexibility with that. I love high intensity interval training, CrossFit and things like that. Anything that gets your heart really up to that high intensity is going to build your brain's adaptability. And so and by adaptability, what I mean, it's, it's ability to go through the highs and lows. It's ability right. to kind of like deal with stress, come back down, deal with stress, come back down. And then, you know, your strength is going to be more like building the pyramid, building the physique, like whatever you want to do and also stability. So those are kind of the ways I like to demonstrate and like talk about it, especially in my practice with my patients. So for me, it was really starting with the cardio base first and then just adding those pieces, depending on what my goals were. And then from there, it really becomes now I do my cardio because it increases my BDNF. And as soon as I'm done, the most important thing you can do after you do any sort of workout, because your brain's just like refreshed, it's rejuvenated, and it's in this highly impressionable state, is to feed it some positive input to give it something that's really going to allow it to chew on. So that's going to be your reading, a good podcast like this one, something that's just going to give your brain a positive reframe or input. And that's just so, so, so important. I can't even stress that enough. Yeah, that's powerful. And that's, that's a powerful hack too, is like, is like really being strategic. Hey, you have two or three hours of deep work to do, like hit 10 or 15 minutes, get outside, go for a jog, go for a walk. Like it's all about these little small doses throughout the day. And I love how you broke down that concept of neuroplasticity in such like an easy to understand way. So I appreciate that. I'm a nerd. Um, I'm a nerd. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, bro. And it will listen, like, I think the people who have the greatest impact in the world, 
yeah, they're smart, but they're able to disseminate that information in a very easy to understand way, right? It's cool to be the smartest guy in the room, but like not everyone needs to know about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's a, a powerful skill that you have. Um, Thank you, man. Yeah, bro. So, so a lot of people, and, and I'm guilty of this when I, you know, was much younger too. Um, you hear chiropractor and you're like, oh, this dude, you know, cracks people's backs. Um, and then he just lets them go. It's really, I even, dude, I even cringe when I see like the videos with the, with the neck adjustment and the violent crack. I'm like, Ooh, (laughs) and, and, and clearly based on listening, I mean, listeners know right now, like based on the first 20, 30 minutes of us talking, they're like, Whoa, like this dude has a lot of knowledge to share. He's much more than just cracking spines and realigning things. Talk a little bit about like your approach to Cairo. And also you spoke a little bit about the impact of our psychology on our physiology. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'd love for you to talk about the impact that, you know, emotional tension and, and emotional uh, trauma has on the physical body. Oh, for sure. For me, so for our office, and the thing that makes us really unique is that we're what we'd call like a neurologically based chiropractic office. So for us, our assessments and our treatments are not based on just where your pain is, right? Or like where the issue is, because you'll come into our office and you'll see kids running around. You'll see people who have digestive issues, people who have um, different autoimmune disorders, you know, like we see the whole gamut of stuff on top of like seeing NFL athletes and things like that. And the reason we get the results that we do, and this is part of just being a doctor is somebody comes in and they say, oh, my shoulder hurts. Well, it's like that could come from a number of things. It could be because you just, you know, did a shoulder press and you blew a 10 out. There could be so many other things on top of that. And so when somebody comes in, we address the whole system of the body, but the most important system, most foundational system is not what we call your core. It's like your central core. If you think like an apple, an apple, like the outside would be like your core core inside. You have the structural core and the structural core is your spine and your nervous system and your spines, that protective conduit, that protective housing for your brain body communication. Your brain sits up top here and it's sending information back and forth from your body, kind of going and receiving these. And I mean, we're talking trillions of information that's passing through this every single day, every single moment, right? And your brain has so much work to do and it's all on autopilot. We don't have to think about it. But when there's interruptions in that communication going from brain body, that's going to affect your health. And that's going to affect the way your body is able to recover, to heal, to adapt. So all this comes into place. And one of my favorite things is people will come in, they'll go, well, like, why why do you see kids? And I'll be like, "Go go talk to her over there. And she'll go talk to a mom and I'll be like, why, why do you bring your kid to see the chiropractor? She goes, well, since he's becoming, he gets sick probably 10 times less. When it comes to the flu season, like he gets sick so much more, so much less than he did before. It's like, wow, how does that work? Well, it's not because I'm here just trying to crack necks and get bones to move. It's because I'm trying to find where's the information being disrupted. We release the interference, let the body do the rest of the work. And that's where all the other stuff comes into play. Mm, your health, your nutrition, your movement, all these other things come in to those pieces. So that's a huge part of what we do is getting people to understand that there's a very important system that's happening there. My job isn't necessarily to heal you. My job is to remove the interference that's preventing your body from healing properly. And so that's a huge piece of the puzzle for something like that. And that's what allows us to really get incredible results because we give the patient the tools to be well, not necessarily like go in there and and fix it. Right. That's a huge aspect of being a doctor. And then when it comes to like the emotional side of that and emotional trauma, Emotions, again, come through your brain that gets channeled through your nervous system. And so your nervous system controls your muscles, it controls your body, it controls your movement. And so there's so many people when I put my hand on them, you can feel different aspects of their body that are just so tight and locked. And that's because sometimes that's from emotional tension that they carry. And you'll find for so many people, when they start to really work on that emotional stability, emotional flexibility, dealing with these traumas, you just see a whole change in their whole being, not only mentally, but physically their tone changes. It's like, I give the example of like a guitar string. Imagine that's like your nerves. You tighten, tighten those nerves. Like it just, the, the wire's tight. The wire's tight. It has a different tone to it, but you loosen that string. All of a sudden the tone changes. It's more resonating. You do that for the whole, whole system. You have a guitar that can now play music. And it's the same thing with the nervous system too, when it comes to dealing with emotions and, and how it works in your physical body as well. 
Yeah, that is that is one of the things that I'm really fascinated by is how all of these these inner world thoughts and beliefs manifest into the physical body and and what are some of the common areas maybe like maybe you could differentiate like where do where do women tend to hold a lot of their tension, maybe Mm -hmm. their emotional distress as opposed to men. Is there, do you see like a significant difference between the two? Yo, 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 I am sorry for interrupting today's show, but are you ready to take your movement mindset and nutrition to the next level? Well, if you answered yes, I have great fucking news. I am accepting applications for my 12-week one-on-one coaching program called Thrive. And this program is unlike anything you've ever experienced. You get daily one-on-one access with me. You're gonna have my personal number. I'm gonna hold you accountable. I'm gonna call you out on your shit. But here's the thing. Only apply if you are ready to invest in yourself. This program is not for everyone. I only work with five students at a time. So if you're interested, DM me the word thrive on Instagram at Coach Jeremy305. DM me the word thrive at Coach Jeremy305 right now. Now let's get back to the show. You have little variations. I'd say for women, mostly neck and shoulders, neck and shoulders, big time. That's a big area for stress, anxiety. And then for men, it's usually the low back. Usually those are kind of like the common areas we tend to see for like both of them, but everybody's so different, right? Everybody, depending on like your previous history, your lifestyle, all that can affect so much, you know? So like some people get it more in their mid back. Some people get to get in their low back. Like it's so different for so many people. And that's why for our office, we actually take a specific set of scans. So we take a digital infrared thermal scan, which shows us where is inflammation pulling alongside the spine. And we also take heart rate variability, which is so important for measuring autonomic stress in the nervous system. I don't know if you talked about that on your podcast at all, heart rate variability. That's a very powerful scan. Do, Do you have an aura ring? Yes, I do. Oh, yeah. You recommend the Aura Ring? I love the Aura Ring. Love the Aura Ring. It's great for HRV and sleep, yeah? Great for HRV and sleep, for sure. I don't like it during the day because my hands get swollen working on people. So I usually wear it just at night. But if you're someone like me who's like, you know, using your hands all day, you can use like the Whoop. Mm, The Whoop works great too, but I do love the Aura Ring. I get tons and tons of data from that. Okay. Because I was kind of debating between the two. Kind of heard... I haven't heard anyone say anything bad about the aura ring though. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Ours, you know, we use a very similar system. It's actually, you can get a reading within three minutes and it uses a couple different readings, you know, in, which is, I don't have to get in the technical aspect of it, but it uses skin galvanic response. So you're measuring emotional stress with that, you know, blood capillary refill, blood flow, skin temperature, all these sort of things, which is pretty cool. And then we also, the second scan we take or the third scan is something called surface EMG. And that's measuring voltage going through the muscles along the spine. And so with all that data together, we can see individually how one person's body is dealing with their stress or with their lifestyle. And then we create a customized system specifically for them that really just gets incredible results. So that's pretty Dude, cool. It sounds so intricate, these systems you've created. So talk a little bit real quick. Let's touch back on HRV. Just describe to the listeners exactly what HRV is, heart rate variability, and why that's such an important uh, metric to oh be so important. This isn't just important just for health. This is also important for like mental health because heart rate variability, everybody hears that and they go, oh no, my heart's fine. And what we're talking about here is the adaptability or the flexibility in your heart rate. So if you think of it like a boxer, a boxer in the first round, they're fresh, they're light on their feet. They're constantly shifting, adapting so that they don't get hit, right? As they get tired, you start to notice they start to become more methodical, more predictable. Same thing happens in your heart rate, but it's not a problem with your heart it's a problem with the central nervous system. You have two sides of your central nervous system. So if you're watching the video here, you have one side, which is your sympathetic nervous system. That's like the fight or flight and the get going, you know, stress, anxiety side. Then you have the rest side, which is your parasympathetic nervous system. That's the rest, relax, growth and development. All the healthy stuff is on the parasympathetic side, all like the fight or flight stuff on this side. Sympathetic, your stress side, only meant to be short-term, not meant to be long-term. So when you're working out, you get that sympathetic boost when you're stressed or trying to run away from a mountain lion, short boost, but it needs to come back down, right? We need balance between the two. 
Heart rate variability is measuring where's your balance. Are you stuck more on the sympathetic side or are you more towards the parasympathetic where we want people to be a slightly more dominant towards the parasympathetic, not stuck on the parasympathetic, just slightly more that way. But for most people, as you can imagine, when we take this scan, most people are stuck in that sympathetic mode. And when you're stuck in the sympathetic response, think about this from a mental aspect. You're on a hike, a mountain lion's coming to chase you. Oh man, we're stressed. We're hauling it unless you're like, the rock and you can just choke it out yourself. You're good. Yeah. But like for most of us, if we're running, that's fight or flight. Right. And now imagine being stuck in that, in a subtle state all day long, 24 seven. That's not good. That's going to affect your body's ability to adapt. Right. <laughs> like yeah, stranger danger. Like you're looking everywhere. Right. That's going to affect your mental state. That's going to affect the way your ability to adapt to stress. That's going to affect your sleep. That's going to affect so many different aspects of your health, but especially your mental health. So if you want to actually change your life and you really do want to create healthy, positive changes, you want to be less stressed. You want to be less anxious. You want to be less fearful, less doubtful. A huge measure that you need to be taking in terms of your physical health and how well your body is able to adapt to future stress is heart rate variability. And that's why I take it in our office because if somebody comes in and I'm getting way off on a tangent, I apologize. But if somebody comes in and their heart rate variability is very poor, they have poor adaptability. I can't treat you the same way I could the 18 year old kid out of high school who's got super high heart rate variability. You have to be treated very differently in that sense because there are different things that are happening to your body. You need a little bit more TLC, right? So, so technically heart rate variability is just the time in between each heartbeat, correct? Exactly. It's measuring the beat, measuring the beat to beat rhythm between each heartbeat. So if it's boom, 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 that's like a methodical heart rate. They would say that's lower heart rate variability. Normally, when you listen to somebody's heart heart rate, it's going to be boom, 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 boom. It's it's all over the place. That's a good sign of heart rate variability because it's adapting to the minute, second to second stresses that your body's undergoing. Yeah. It's almost counterintuitive when I think it about is. that. Like, because you would think when the body's at rest, the heart rate obviously slows down and it would be like more consistent, you know, more methodical, boom, boom, boom. So it's kind of interesting, but I'm, I'm glad you kind of pointed that out. And dude, like with all the intricate systems, a couple of things more like business related, you know, I'm Please. fascinated by this. Like, so First of all, just creating that intricate system where you're doing these different evaluations and you're creating these different customized programs for people. So that takes a lot of attention, a lot of a lot of detail. So how are you able to like scale that and how are you able to hire other practitioners with that skill set and how much coaching on your behalf does that require? So it's all about systems. All of it's about systems. Once you know the processes that need to happen within your business, and this can be even be for an online business, depending on whatever you're doing, it's all about repeatable systems that you can scale. So when you're, most people, I don't know if you read the cash flow quadrant and Robert Kiyosaki gives the example of you have your employers, you have a self-employed, then you have the bigger businesses and then the investor. The biggest difference is between the self-employed person, which would be like your professional, like your accountant, your chiropractor, your doctor. Most of the time, they're still working for their paycheck, but they're just getting a bigger paycheck because they provide a very valuable service and probably have people working under them, yada, yada. The bigger business, what they've done is they've been able to repeat themselves. They've been able to duplicate themselves, train people underneath them who now do all the hard work themselves. They can make higher level decisions. And it all comes down to creating one repeatable system that gets results every single time and gets, you know, provides a great customer experience for whoever you're working with. You have a great company culture, which is huge for us. We created a great brand alongside that. And then all all you got to do is just figure out what people do you need in certain positions that can then fill those roles and determining what's the best system for your business. Cause every business is going to be different. Our chiropractic office is different than other chiropractic offices down the way. You know, we, we have a very unique system and approach that we use. That's very customer centric. Almost. I'd think of it more like a Ritz Carlton experience. We're so focused on customer service from beginning to end that it just creates such a positive environment for people. And for us, that probably means we probably have a lower profit margin than maybe somebody else down the road who's just trying to crank people in and out. But that's because that's the business model we want to have. And that's our brand. Yeah. I love that dude. Systems and duplication. I've learned through this, through this journey. uh, They're everything. Everything. They're everything. Um, So, so that, so that makes total sense. What has it been like? Because 
are Kairos, were Kairos considered essential businesses here? In we Finland? were. Okay, cool. So you we didn't were. really miss out too much with, with COVID the last six months. Were there people that were hesitant to come? How was that? For sure. For sure. We definitely took a huge dip like in the beginning because a lot of people weren't sure what was going on. So we probably dropped about 50% in that first, that first time. But that's the cool thing is, you know, for us, you know, we have such an amazing community in our office, in our business. It's like, that's when you know you have a great business is when you have a community that supports you. Like all our customers love us. They're there to support us the entire way. So as soon as people started to come back, we've now been busier than ever. Now Mm -hmm. busier than ever, which is an amazing thing. And now, you know, we look back and when we first started our business, like we almost went bankrupt. (laughs) We first tried to start the business and looking back where we are now, it's like, we weren't even really phased with COVID because we created such a great business that just has such a great community and we've been doing better than ever now. Fuck yeah, doc. I appreciate that. I think that's really valuable for people to hear too. Like how old were you when you first started the business? 23. 23. Wow. So like you're just out of college. Is that when you finished, finished, uh, finished Cairo school too? Yep. Right when I finished chiropractic school. Yep. Amazing, bro. So, I mean, that, that journey of really discovering like, Hey, what is your superpower? How can you share this? How can you scale this? How can you create that culture that you mentioned is so Mm -hmm. important. And I know, I know something else, uh, that's really important to you is, is working with kids. And, and I saw, I think it was in Peru. Were you in Peru working with kids? I was. Yeah. Yeah. When I first, uh, when I was just about to graduate chiropractic school, we did a mission trip down there. We went down and got to adjust tons of different people down there. It was like an amazing experience. Amazing experience. Yeah. Have you been back since? I haven't. I haven't. I would love to. We've been so much more focused on like, you know, building our business since then. Cause by that time I didn't even have the business then. And then once I came back, that's when I started my business. Cause when I came back from Peru, I was actually going to go down there and work down there. I loved it so much. I was like, I'm going to, come down and work for this other chiropractor down here. I'm going to sign a two-year contract and that's, that's all good. And then when I came back about a month before I was about to leave, I met my wife. Mm. I was like, can't miss out on this. There you go. And then that became the start of our business from there on out. Yeah. So is your wife in the business with you? She is. She's our office manager. Amazing. What, yeah. what, what was it? Like, what do you think you mentioned that you were kind of emotionally unavailable before in past relationships. <laughs> what is it that you really had to embody to attract your wife as a partner? Oh man, that's such a great question. I think the thing that I really had to embody the most was self-sufficiency. Mm. It was really that. And I think the thing that made it perfect the timing. <laughs> and I don't recommend this for the first date, but the first date I told her I was planning on going to Peru and I was going to be gone in like a month. Not a great first date strategy, but that's just where I was at. I was so happy with who I was and the growth that I'd seen that like, I really didn't feel like I needed to meet somebody. It was more, we met on a blind date and I was like, this could just be fun. But because I was had done so much of my own work, I was one, so secure in who I was. I had confidence in who I was. I knew what my mission was that I had to do. And sometimes that mission's only like right now, right? Like I didn't know where I was going to go 10 years from now. I just knew this is just the next step. And for anybody who's listening, they're like, I don't know what I want for the future. That's okay. Just know what the next step is. And I just took that next step. And I was so comfortable with that, that once I'd done all that work and I met her, she so perfectly fit that mold of like what I was looking for and what that ideal person would be for someone who fit in this new Brady, like this new life of mine that I wanted to create. Not so much that they, they had to fill a void. I want to be very clear. Like it wasn't that she was filling a void. It was just, who did I want to share this new journey with? Like I was enjoying so much of who I was. Like there was a new journey I was going to embark on. Like who did I want to share that with? And by the time I met her, it was so clear to me that she was it, that I was able to make radical changes in my life to make that happen because I knew. And that's just because I'd done so much of my own work on myself that all those things become clear. And that's something I think for any entrepreneur who's like listening right now and you're trying to figure out pieces of the puzzle, like that's why so many business owners will say so much of success is up here because when you're so much in your own head, you don't see opportunities that aren't readily available. And when you're so much up here, you're not making decisions based on a clear vision and mission. You're making decisions bo- mostly based on fear and logic. And a lot of times that doesn't make sense. 
it will make sense logically. But when you hear all these business stories, you're like, well, why in the world would they do that? It's because they had a bigger vision for it. They'd done so much work to prepare themselves to be that person when the time came. Mm, that's beautiful, bro. So it was really, really understanding like that you were no longer this codependent person that mm-hmm. needed that validation in the form of a partner and you felt complete and whole just as you were. And you really wanted to find that compliment who was going to align with your values, align with your vision. And that's beautiful that you guys are, you guys are now, you know, spending all day together, building the business, <laughs> yeah. building yeah. the family. What, what, yeah. what challenges has co- have come up doing that, you know, uh, being partners and then also partners in business. Yeah. I mean, in our relationship, our relationship has been what I would say like is easy for the most part. Like we're so compatible in that way. Like we're literally polar opposites. I'm like the visionary, like entrepreneur. She's more like the accountant once played safe, like we're just total polar opposites. But the thing that's really made it so beneficial in terms of being in business together is you learn very quickly how important communication is. I was just talking to somebody about this this morning, another another practitioner. Um, but really the huge key to that has been communication, like being very honest and open. I think that's a problem for so many relationships is people are afraid to be honest because they're afraid of what the other person's going to say or how it's going to make them feel. But you have to get radical, they call it random, radical candor. You just have to be very open and honest with your feelings all the time and just not in a judging way. And when you learn to be able to do that, there's just so much more that opens up and like you can be vulnerable with each other, really share those experiences with each other. And that was a really tough thing for me to learn when we first started working together, because you have now two dynamics. You have the personal relationships where you want to be romantic and you want to go on dates, but then you have the business side that goes, Hey, like you, like you need to do this or like, we need to do this, or this isn't working in our business. And that gets very tough to like have those conversations and know when to split those apart. And so the second tier of that beyond communication comes into understanding like what's your, what your wants and needs are and being open and honest with what those are. Because at some point, you know, if you're a husband and wife or a team, there may be a point where one of you no longer wants to be attached to the business. And that may mean making some big decisions and changes in the way you run your business. If you've been a mom and a pop shop and all of a sudden now you need to start hiring people to fill that void that the other person was there, that may mean for my wife in particular, if she's going to get out, then she's going to, we're going to need to hire like two to three people to cover all the work that she's doing. And that means less profit, but you have to be honest with that because if now somebody's in the business and they don't want to be, you now have this disconnect that now not only affects your business, it affects your relationship. And so right. being able to one, have the proper communication there that you have the freedom to talk about that, then getting to the next level of saying like, here's what I want or need from you. And for us, it was business is business. Our relationship is a relationship. We don't take it home. We don't, you know, obviously we mix them sometimes, but like we have very clear communication. So we go into our day. It's like, I need five minutes to talk about this thing with our business. And then we're gonna get some margaritas. It's like, you can have that kind of conversation. Boundaries, I would imagine are so, so crucial. You know, I've talked to other, other like husband and wife duos who are, who are pursuing different entrepreneurial business endeavors. And I just imagine that boundaries are fucking essential. Huge, huge. Without boundaries, it's just blurred lines. And that's where problems start. Yeah. So, so really communicating wants and needs and then understanding like, Hey, when we're at the office, this is business. Like we take care of what we have to. And then when we go home, we we do our best to keep the relationship separate. And if something does come up in regards to the business that needs to be addressed, we address it and then we move forward. Is that kind of, kind of how you guys approach it? Exactly. Exactly. Especially when it comes into our business and our relationship, that's how you have to do it for sure. Mm. Fuck man. Yeah. That's, that's something, that's something right now, doc, that like, I feel like when I look at all of the people that I really admire, right. Whether it's in the personal development, the health space, we're all doing big things. And like, that's the path that I am dedicating my life to, right. Is like making a massive impact and inspiring and empowering people. And I noticed that a majority of them have like a very strong uh, relationship with their partner. Mm -hmm. And you don't see like 
many dudes, I mean, there's always exceptions and it's not like there's one right way, but you don't see many dudes like just like fucking a bunch of girls. And then it's like 40, they get married because that's draining so much energy. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Draining so much energy. I don't, I don't know how people do that, but it's like, you don't see many people who are super successful. I remember reading something about that. Uh, I forget what the book was, but it was talking about the rate of millionaires and their marriage and how important that was. And you find a lot of these super highly successful people are highly monogamous, like very much dedicated to that one person. Like some of the most successful people have like that one person in their life who they've had for forever. And it's just such a strong bond that they have that it fuels everything else, you know, because really, you know, marriage is personal development in its own state. And you have, now you have two people. And when you, when you have two people who are on the same mind and have the same mission, like that's powerful. That's powerful. Cause I can only do so much as me. And there's things that I don't see that she sees. And so the coolest thing about what we do now, especially for the future goals that we have outside of our, our business, whether it's, you know, for books and personal development, things like that. Like when she's on board too, she sees so many more things that I don't. And I sit there and I like, I listen to her and I go, how in the world did I miss that? But she's so much on my mission that she's willing to do whatever it takes to help us get there because she sees it too. And I think that's why those people are so successful because you have someone who can help push you there, but you also have someone that can call you on your bullshit too, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you're trying to do something, they're like, dude, that's stupid. And that happens probably 80% of the time with, for my wife, for me. She's like, great, what, what are you thinking, dude? Come on. No, but it helps keep you on the right path and helps keep you going. It helps keep you successful. She's, she's, not, she's not fully allied with your TikTok vision, it seems. I haven't seen her on any of your TikToks. <laughs> no, she's like, yeah, you just you just do that. She's like, I don't get TikTok. <laughs> yeah, no, but um, but we'll definitely link. I mean, everyone listening right now, everything that uh, Dr. Brady's talking about, I mean, he covers a lot of these different topics in his videos, in his content. So definitely make sure to hit the show notes and and shoot this man a follow. Because I promise you're going to get a lot of golden nuggets, a lot of knowledge bombs. And Doc, I know you mentioned, um, I know you mentioned that you have a book coming out soon, right? I do. I do. What's the launch date? Launch date's going to actually be Monday. So by the time this comes out, it'll probably be out. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's do it. Dude, we're going to, let's fucking blow up the book. Send me whatever it is, like um, via like- Yeah, I'll send you everything. Yeah, bro. Let's, let's get that yeah. thing on the Amazon bestselling list. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. So, my first so, book, man. I'm super pumped. So yeah. Tell us about it. So the book's called Measure Up and it's all about kind of what we were talking about the first part of this podcast is all about self-worth. And so it's called Measure Up because a lot of people have this lie that they believe that they have to measure up to something. And really the problem is you're measuring the wrong thing. You can, there is something you got to be measuring, but it's intrinsic, not extrinsic. And so we walk through how to start evaluating that, how to then start like rewiring your brain to start focusing more on the intrinsic. How do you build up that internal self-worth meter? And then it comes with a 14-day challenge at the end that walks you through like every day. Here's what you got to do. Here's some things to think about. Here's how to like reframe different aspects of that. And so it's really just covering a lot of that. And also like my journey's in there too. Of course, man. And, and what are some of the most powerful books? I know there's probably been a bunch, but what are a couple that come to mind that have really impacted you in a big way? Big ones would be Think and Grow, Grow Rich. The Code of the Extraordinary Mind by Vishen Lakiani. He's the founder of Mind Valley fantastic book. And then, you know, I'm a spiritual guy, so I love the Bible. That's, that's my dude. That's my dude. Um, but those would be like the top three that I'm always kind of like finding myself going back into for sure. The code of what was vision's book called? Oh, the code of the extraordinary mind. Hmm. Great book. Great book. Hell yeah. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of everything. Mind Valley, what they do what they create. Have you done any of their courses? I don't think so, but I've, I've read like all his stuff. I'm always following what he's doing. Like, and I just love the mission that they are on, you know, like you're talking about a business that has such a clear, a clear definition of what they want to do and comes at it at such a unique way. That's just like empowering so many people. Like when you think about like what you're saying too, like, I know for sure you're going to blow up and you're going to help 
thousands and thousands of people. Like that's obvious just by who you are. The only thing that's going to stop you is just the tactics along the way. Right. And he's found a way to help people do just that. Not only like get that first starting part there, but then like create the tactics. And for you, that's not even going to be an issue because you're already doing all the tactics. Right. Right. And so it's like, it's so cool to watch somebody who's empowering so many people. And it's something that really inspires me to do that as well. Mm, I love that brother. Is there anything, you know, we're definitely going to have to have a round two at some point because I know, I know like we're literally just scratching the surface, but, but in regards to all of the things you're passionate about, all of the things that you really are creating content about the problems that you're solving. Is there anything that we didn't cover that, that you'd like to address? Mm. Dude, we covered, we covered a lot of great stuff. We covered a lot of great stuff. You did. I think, I think Especially one thing off, that was my favorite. Yeah, that was, that really took a big chunk of the podcast. So people are going to have some interesting thoughts about this one for sure. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, what are these? Two wait, 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 wait. Actually, sorry to interrupt you. Um, okay. Question. Please. All right. So when you ejaculate and you release semen, is that some of the same substance of what's in our cerebrospinal fluid or no? I, I actually don't even know. I haven't done that much research into it. Okay. We'll, 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 we'll look into it. We'll save it. that for part two. I'll do some research and I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> yeah. I have some right. definitive answers for you. Exactly, man. Sorry though. I cut you off. Oh, you're good, man. You're good, man. Um, I'd say the only thing that I'd share with you, like anytime somebody's like finding me on Instagram or TikTok, like the big thing I want to like help people understand is like, you're never really stuck. You always have tools available to change your life right now. And so a lot of what I do is, you know, just being incredibly authentic with like the struggles I've been through, but also giving people like practical, useful stuff that they can start using like right now. Not so much like, oh, that was really inspiring. Like, sure, I want to inspire people, but more importantly, I want to give people tools. I want to empower people with like practical stuff that you can listen to my video or look at my little swipe through post and go, I know what I need to do. I'm going to start doing it now. Mm. In, in, In regards to your content creation, is that all you or do you have someone helping you with that? That's all me. That's all me, man. All the graphics and everything. Yeah, man. Yeah, I do it. I do it all myself. I love, I love creating content like this. Like we're getting to the point now where like, I'm just getting too busy with all the stuff that we have going on that I'll probably outsource that uh, pretty soon here. But I just, I love being hands-on with that process. I think I'll probably hold on to that for like as long as I can. Cause I just enjoy, that's like kind of my creative outlet in doing I, that. I, I love the content creation too. The place where you go next level with it though, is like, on your Instagram page, yours is like strategic. You have like, you have like the white quote and then you have the videos. Yeah. It's, you have the symmetry down. You have the alignment down. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying, man. Trying to get that looking, that aesthetic look, you know? Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're crushing it. So, so doc, a couple, a couple final questions for you, brother. Please, please, Um, man. What is your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve, tardiness. Mm. I hate when people are late. That's like, I'm that guy, like even to this, I was like 10 minutes early. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Like, I was I'm on always... the wrong link. I was on, I have like <laughs> Zoom links. I was on the- I wasn't trying to throw you under the bus neither. That wasn't what I was doing. No yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I'm but always I... that guy. Like I'd rather be like 30 minutes early than like five minutes late. That's just, that's just how I am. That's how I've always been. So like when people are late, like it's almost like, and I talk about this in the book too. It's like time is such a representation of someone's value. And so when you're, you show up late to a meeting, if somebody shows up late to a business week meeting with me, I'm already not like thinking great thoughts about how it's going to go if they're late. Um, because obviously there's some things that happen, you know, if there's a car accident, I get it. But if you're consistently late, that's, there's something going on there that I'm not super stoked with doesn't make me want to do business with you. But two, it's like, when I show up early, it's showing like, I really value this time that we have together and I want to make sure that we get the most out of this. And so it's like, that's why it's such a huge pet peeve for me. I love that dude. And, and I think it's such a good opportunity for people to really reflect uh, myself included. You know, I was living in Miami the last six years and it's a thing like Miami time. It's Latin time. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah. say six o'clock people show up six 30, six 45. And it's like, the message that you're sending out to those people is like, yo, your time's not as valuable as mine. You don't matter. And there's mm-hmm. so many, there's so many uh, stories and layers that can unravel from simply just being late. And like so many, 
so many amazing things that can be the outcome of just being punctual and showing the fuck up. Yeah. And it's like, if you're like, we're talking about, you know, self-worth, it's like, what does that, what does that say to someone? Think about it, not only for you, but like, what does that say to somebody else when you do that for them every single time you meet with them and you're always early, you're like, that shows like that's valuable to you, right? Like if I, sh- if we have like, you know, our typical like coffee meetup, we're talking business and I'm there like 10 minutes early every time. I'm like, Hey bro, I got a table for us. Your coffee's on the way. Like, and I'm there early. You're going, dude, this dude really cares like about this meeting. Like he's really into that. But if I'm showing like five, 10 minutes late every single time, you're like, why, why can't this dude just plan like 10 minutes, like 10, leave 10 minutes earlier to get to this? Like, what does that say about like who you are? Like, I just think that's such a huge thing. And a lot of, a lot of people don't think about that really starts to like subtly plant seeds into people's mind. Hell yeah. I love that. Yeah. Especially, I mean, when you're in LA and you're in your neck of the woods and traffic is so prevalent, it's like, oh you know, there's going to be traffic. Like it's, it, you can't really yeah. use graphic as a, as a, as, as an outlet or excuse, like, yo man, no fucking LA. Of course. Of course there's traffic. By That's the way, during COVID has, has traffic kind of like gone away? Oh, traffic's been amazing. There's been no traffic. It's been unbelievable. It's just starting now. Like this week traffic started picking up, but like for the past, like six months or whatever, it's been the most unbelievable scene on the freeway of just like so many less cars. I was like, this is great. I know it's not going to last forever, but right now this is amazing. I love it, dude. And my last question for you is two parts. So it is your last supper here in the third dimension. I want to know, number one, what are you having for your final meal? And then the second part of that question is who are the three people that you are going to choose to be at that final supper with you? It can't be your family. Um, and they have to be currently living. Ooh, Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. So for the meal, the meal, this is totally going to, so my last name Salcedo. So this is totally going to reveal my, my heritage. I'm going to have a carne asada burrito for hey. sure. Like the best carne asada burrito on the planet for sure. Uh, three people at the table. I would say Dwayne Johnson, Gary V, and then one more, right? You said three? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Warren Buffett. Ooh, you're catching him while he's still alive. I like it. I know. I know. Cause he's got, you know, he's got so much knowledge. All you gotta do is ask one question. That dude will drip a lifetime of information there. So it's like, I'd want him there, especially with the goals I have in life. It's like, I'd want him there right now for sure. Dude, that is a powerful dinner table. Oh, that's a high power dinner table for sure. You better extract a fuck ton of knowledge from that. You know, I'd be coming with like 10 questions locked and loaded, ready to go. Yo dog. I take a bite question, bite question, bite question, like no downtime. Yeah, man, for sure. I just want to acknowledge you doc. Um, my intuition told me, like, when I came across your content, I was like, do I just really resonate with this guy? I feel like we're going to really connect. And I feel like, yes, we're going to have an amazing podcast that's going to provide a lot of value for everyone listening and watching. But I feel like we're definitely connect, going to continue connecting and supporting each other on our vision, on our mission. So I'm super grateful for all of the healing that you're providing people and for being so open about your struggles and your adversity and your obstacles. And I think it's really powerful for men uh, like yourself to step up and talk about these things and really make it normal, like not, not have such a stigma behind these things and making people feel more comfortable, like they're not alone, that they can really start getting in touch with their emotional self and step into their power. So doc, I'm grateful for you, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate you, brother. And please let these beautiful people know where they can connect with your work. Where can they follow you? Yeah, so you can follow me. Best place to be on Instagram at Dr. Brady Salcedo, Dr. Brady Salcedo. You can also find me on YouTube as well as TikTok. TikTok's going to be Brady Salcedo, not Dr. Brady Salcedo. But you can find all my fun videos there. And I love, I love, 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 love connecting with people. So please like send me a DM. I'll actually respond. So I'd love to connect with you guys. Yes, Doc. I'm so grateful for you, brother. Let's, uh, I'm going to end the recording.
Yo, by the way, I'm not gonna end the recording. Yo, guys, <laughs> you already know, you already know what time it is. Like Doc Brady gave you so many tools, so many things that you can take action on right now. Don't do them all, just take one action. Take one step in the right direction. And I promise you that's gonna create massive momentum in your life. So you already know what time it is. It's time to get off your ass, take fucking action, step into your power and do not forget to exchange energy. All right, that is the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening until the end. Your time, your energy is sacred and I appreciate you spending it with me here today. Now, it's your turn. Spread and share this message with someone that you think would get value from it. That is ultimately how we amplify our impact on this planet. And if you were inspired in this episode, please let me know on Instagram at CoachJeremy305 and leave a review. It takes 12 seconds and it means the world to me. It helps us reach more people. So you can do that in the iTunes store. Much love fam. And I'll see you back here next time. Peace.